This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Good afternoon, everyone. It uh, was an interesting speech last night I watched on television, and uh, a lot of people today have said it was delusional. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about the State of the Union address by Obama, our illustrious, or at least he thinks so, President of the United States. And delusional, yeah, to a certain extent. But the speech, to me, was a typical Obama speech. It was condescending. It was arrogant. It was threatening. And it was narcissistic. That's what the President of the United States was doing last night. He stood there for an hour and praised himself. He talked about what a wonderful job he's done in the past six years, how he personally has brought back the U.S. economy, which, by the way, is not true because all the figures we're getting are absolute lies. Yeah, the stock market has been doing good, but that's because the feds keep uh, buying stock and feeding money into it to keep it up high. And then he uh, you know, comes out and, and tells us that uh, unemployment is back down to lower than it was when he took office, and that's not true. The real unemployment figures indicate that we're dealing still around 14 15% actual unemployment because they do not use to figure in the unemployment rate the people out there who have given up on finding a job, the people who are not even trying to get back in the workforce because they can't find jobs. So he talks about all of that, and he talks about you know how he personally has rebuilt the infrastructure here in this country and all the things that he's done to uh, stop the recession and to stop inflation. I don't know. You've been to the grocery store lately? It looks to me like the prices of the grocery store continue to rise. And, of course, he takes credit for our oil, oil industry making us more independent from foreign oil. Well, for those of us who have been watching what's going on, that is absolutely untrue because he has done everything he could to stop the oil industry. He has tried to cut back on our offshore drilling, or he has cut back on our offshore drilling, basically suspending new leases for seven years on both the Atlantic and Pacific coast, and tried, even though the court said he couldn't do it, and his energy secretary tried to shut down leasing and new drilling in the Gulf of Mexico. He's basically done that. He's been adamantly opposed to the fracking industry going after shale oil and but the he really doesn't have any control over that because the states have control over uh, the industry in their states so that has been reacting and bringing in more oil making more oil available more natural gas available in this country and that's been done by private industry and by the states despite obama not because of obama but again, we keep getting all this nonsense from him about all the things he's done to, to help make us energy independent. And then in the same breath, last night, he vows that he will veto the Keystone Pipeline. Now, the Keystone Pipeline will create thousands of American jobs, will bring billions of gallons of oil to us from Canada, billions of dollars in oil, I should say, millions of gallons, from Canada that will otherwise, if he vetoes the Keystone Pipeline, be going to China. And this will be cheaper oil than we can buy in any other foreign market. 
And as I said, the, the estimates are it would create about 62,000 jobs. Three-fourths of the American people want the Keystone Pipeline. Even the labor unions want the Keystone Pipeline. The oil industry wants the Keystone Pipeline. The majority of the members of Congress want the Keystone Pipeline. But Obama doesn't. And he said he's going to veto it. And by the way, that was one of five threats he made last night to veto legislation. He was also defending his immigration actions, where he acted completely unconstitutionally by bypassing Congress and refusing to enforce the existing immigration laws. And I've said repeatedly on the show uh, what's wrong constitutionally with that, but I'm going to repeat it again. Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution sets forth the powers of Congress. And one of those powers specifically enumerated in there is the right to control naturalization in this country and the right to control, thereby the right to control immigration. And the Supreme Court has said that's true. It's an exclusive power with the Congress of the United States. The President of the United States has no control over immigration or naturalization. Yet, and then Article 2, Section 3 of the Constitution says that one of the primary jobs of the President of the United States is to see that the laws passed by Congress are faithfully executed. It doesn't say he can choose which laws to enforce and which not to. It doesn't say he can make new laws on his own. It doesn't say he can amend those laws on his own. Yet that's exactly what he's been doing, particularly with immigration. And in other areas like gun control. But he granted what amounts to blanket amnesty to millions of illegals in this country. And by the way, you know that the liberals are now trying to get the word illegals made illegal? In other words, if I use the term illegals, I guess I will be arrested and thrown in jail. They're making a push for this, not only in California, but in other states. The term illegals to be made illegal. But he has taken about five million at least illegal immigrants and said, no, you can stay in this country, you're not going to be deported. He's basically told the Border Patrol to not deport any new illegals coming into this country, including the thousands of children that have been crossing the border, bringing with them disease and uh, bringing with them gang memberships. Our Border Patrol has basically been told by the Obama administration, don't detain these people. Help them get where they want to go. Put them on free your buses for free. Put them on airplanes for free, and by the way, they don't even have to have any identification to get on an airplane like you and I do. No picture ID necessary. They get a little sheet of paper that says notice to appear. And I can print those off of the computer right now, and I can write in a phony signature and put in a phony name and say this is my notice to appear, and I'm illegal, and I can get on an airplane without question. So he's taking these people, and he's saying, you can stay in this country. We're not going to deport you. Deportations are down dramatically. He's in addition to that, defying, again, the laws passed by the Congress of the United States that say when somebody is convicted of a crime in this country and put in jail, they must stay in jail, serve out their term, and then immediately be deported back to their country of origin. Obama has instead released, I think it's, we're estimating here about 68,000 uh, 
criminals at this point. And he's, they've even made a list of the Department of Homeland Security of criminals that are not to be deported. The only people on the list of mandatory deportations are murderers and rapists. Child abusers are not on the top of the list. People arrested for drunk driving are not on the top of the list. In fact, they're on the bottom of the list. But even the ones that are on the top of the list are not being deported. Very few of them are. Obama continues to parade this government as his own personal dictatorship. So he has said that he will veto any legislation that tries to stop his amnesty program. That's going to be interesting because one, it stopped. And it's putting a great burden on the people of the states, like here in Texas. Our infrastructure is being really taxed to try to take care of all these illegals that are coming into this country. Now, of course, the federal government is, is taking good care of them, of using our tax dollars. Uh, take San Antonio, Texas, as a case in point, Lackland Air Force Base, where 2,000 illegals have been housed on the base at a cost of about $250 per illegal per day to the American taxpayer. And ICE down there has converted one of its offices, a big complex of offices, to basically a luxury apartment complex where the illegals can stay uh, for free, and they get free education, they get free health care, they get free food, they get free dental work, uh, they get toys given to, to the children to play with, I understand they have free Internet access. A lot of the things that the average Americans are struggling to afford are being given freely as illegals. In the meantime, we have military veterans by the hundreds who are homeless in the San Diego area, in the San Antonio area. They're homeless. Blackland Air Force Base facilities to be used to house these veterans that ICE had converted ICE headquarters could be used to house these veterans. But veterans are not a top priority of the President of the United States. In fact, they're not a priority at all. They're a, a nuisance. Now, he mentioned last night veterans at one point in his speech, basically thanking Michelle Obama for her work in getting veterans hired by companies. Now, isn't that interesting, getting veterans hired? A lot of the veterans I know can't get work, particularly the disabled American veterans. Forty percent of the people who are disabled in this country, the veterans who are disabled, cannot find a job. Obama says, tells companies last night, hire veterans. That's the extent of his effort to help veterans in this country, telling private companies to hire veterans, which a lot of them are doing anyway. Companies like Walmart, uh, specifically want to hire veterans. Home Depot the same way. These are companies that are doing this not because the government's telling them to do it, but because they feel that it is right and proper to do it. But, again, we have Obama saying, well, you know, hire veterans, but first hire illegals. You know, companies right now are being pressured to hire illegals. They're being told that illegals have to be given preferential treatment over, in some cases, American citizens. If they don't hire illegals, they can be punished, they can be fined. 
So what Obama's really telling the people in this country is that I'm not the president of the United States. I don't represent the American people. I'm the king of the world. I'm the emperor. I represent all the people who want to do harm to this country, or all the people that want to come in here illegally and take away jobs from Americans to keep Americans who are looking for work from finding work. And I'm going to do this. In addition, I want to make sure that all these illegals uh, make a lot of money so we're going to raise the minimum wage. I'm called on Congress to raise the minimum wage and uh, you know, do a lot of other things to supposedly help people in the middle class. He's not talking about helping people in the middle class. All of his policies have been damaging the people in this country, the middle class workers and the middle class families. One thing after another, Obama continues to play this game of how he is going to continue to help Americans, to help the middle class, and how the nasty Republicans out there, particularly the conservative Republicans, are, you know, hate the poor, hate minorities. That's what this speech was all about last night. It was about Obama touting his plans for big government. Let's take our first break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy. Only on America's web radio. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on America's Webradio.com. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. As I've been saying, the Obama speech last night was more praise for himself and condescendingly talking down to the American public, talking down to Congress. And, uh, well, by the way, I'm, I'm sure the Cuban people are delighted to know that the communist, brutal communist dictatorship that they have been living under for over 50 years is not real. Obama basically said 
that he had normalized our relations with, with Cuba because the Cuban people are happy and that we can help the Cuban people. And we were doing it on a, on a phony basis that this was a, a brutal dictatorship. And Obama essentially implied that that's not true. And I know a lot of people who came over here from Cuba, some of them many years ago, to get out from under that dictatorship. And here we have Obama saying, oh, it's not real. People of Cuba are happy and free. Ask the people that are still risking their lives in small boats or even rafts trying to cross the 90 miles to get to Florida. These are the immigrants who we should be helping. These are the people that are coming in response to a real crisis and a real place where they are subject to being arrested, they're subject to being murdered, uh, they're subject to uh, being to having no freedoms whatsoever, and they're driving 1950 cars that they basically hold together with bubble gum and, and duct tape. Yet Obama gets up there last night and tells the people of the world and people of the United States that this is all bull. That the Cuban people are fine, are happy, and that we are going to help them by normalizing relations with Cuba, and trading with Cuba, and giving Cuba probably foreign aid. Knowing Obama, I'm sure that will be one of the next things he's going to do. So you know, man stood up there last night and basically lied, repeatedly, and continued to lie. Like I said, he made five veto threats. But one of those veto threats could be very interesting if he goes through with it. And I'm sure he will. And because that one may be the one that will be overridden by the Congress of the United States. It takes, the President of the United States vetoes a bill passed by Congress. It's then required in the Constitution that two-thirds of the members of both houses, both the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, two-thirds of the members of both houses vote to override that veto. And then it becomes law, regardless of what the President of the United States wants to do. Well, the measure out there that's pending in front of the House and the Senate is being supported by virtually all Republicans, or at least the vast majority of them, and supported by another number of Democrats. And that is the proposed legislation, and Menendez, the uh, U.S. Senator, Democratic Senator from New Jersey, is one of the big pushers behind this, is to impose more sanctions on Iran to keep them from building nuclear weapons. The president is saying, I will veto that because we are negotiating with Iran to keep them from doing that. And we don't want to mess up the negotiations by imposing new sanctions on them. Well, see, what the president did here is sanctions were imposed by Congress years ago. And more sanctions have been imposed as the Iranians continued to try to build nuclear weapons. Because nuclear weapons in the hands of the Iranians are not just a threat to the Middle East, not just a threat to Israel, our best ally, really only our real ally over there, but they're a threat to the United States. Because those nuclear weapons could be used to attack this country once they get a delivery system for them. And the Israelis are certainly very concerned about it. Netanyahu uh, has been, been invited by uh, John Boehner to address a joint session of Congress in February, 
And the Obama administration is very upset about that because they don't want to have anybody say anything negative about uh, what's been do- done with Iran. So what, what is the situation with Iran? Well, Iran has been enriching uranium, which is the first step towards building a bomb. And once they have enough enriched uranium, it will be a very quick step to go ahead and build a bomb that is capable of being exploded in Israel or in other parts of the Middle East. They're working, we understand, with North Korea to get delivery systems, medium-range rockets or missiles that could launch these, not only against Israel, but against uh, Iraq or against other places in the Middle East or even against Europe. And if they get the long-range missiles, they can launch against the United States. Now, what has Obama done? What are these negotiations doing? Well, Obama got the, told the Iranians that they could continue to enrich the uranium, but they had to promise they wouldn't make a bomb when they got through with enriching what they needed. And the Iranians said, oh, sure, we'll do that. We'll put promise not to make a bomb until we, we finish these negotiations. But you have to, United States, you have to cancel some of the sanctions against us. So a year ago, we had the Iranian economy on the brink of collapse because of the sanctions. Now the Iranian economy is, because of the cancellation of many of the sanctions, unilaterally again by the President of the United States, without permission from Congress, without even going to Congress to ask for their permission to do this, unilaterally canceled a lot of these sanctions, and the Iranian economy has rebounded dramatically, and in fact is, is showed to have, is estimated to have positive growth over the next year or two. Every time we negotiate with the Iranians, we get to a point where there becomes a total impasse. Deadlines are set to finish negotiations and come to an agreement. Those deadlines are always kicked down the road by Obama because he doesn't want to admit that his friends in Iran are a threat to Israel or a threat to the American people or, in fact, a threat to the entire world. He doesn't want to admit that. So he's playing this little game, and he's basically letting the Iranians do whatever they want to do. And all they have to do is say, well, we won't build a bomb until the negotiations are finished. I guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, when they finish enriching the uranium they need, they will build a bomb. And they will build a bomb as soon as they possibly can, and they will look for ways to deploy that bomb against Israel or against the United States or against Europe. And, of course, they'll build more than one bomb. They'll build a number of bombs, and what they'll probably do with some of them is give them to Hezbollah or Hamas or Al-Qaeda or ISIS. They'll give them to anybody that wants to use them against the Americans or against the West. That is an ironclad guarantee. That is the way this game is being played by the Obama administration. However, like I said, there are so many members of Congress, Democrats included, that want to impose additional sanctions on Iran that if they pass the legislation and if Obama vetoes it, I think there is going to be 
a big effort and probably a successful effort to override his veto, which, of course, Obama wouldn't, was not want to have happen because he is the dictator-in-chief and he doesn't want anybody to override anything he does. But that will create an interesting scenario because if the Congress does override his veto, will the president then act unilaterally to keep the sanctions from being put into place? Will he exercise his dictatorial powers that he continues to think he has and continues to use, unfortunately, fairly effectively, to ignore Congress? We are here in a constitutional crisis because of the executive orders and executive actions and everything that this man continues to, to issue. We will be in a greater crisis if he, in fact, ignores the, the overriding of his veto uh, by the Congress of the United States. So, you know, that's one of the things he talked about last night. And that's one of the things we need to look at happening. And Obama also says he, he's going to veto uh, anything that uh, uh, has to do with changing the, the Dodd-Frank Act, uh, which was a basically an act that uh, put a strain on our economy. And he's going to continue to push... And this is probably the most important part of what he said last night, because this just floored me, and, and I've heard people talking all, all day about this. They, they, they couldn't believe what he actually said. He says that the greatest threat to this country and to the entire world is climate change, and that is the threat he wants to address. He didn't say al-Qaeda. In fact, he didn't mention al-Qaeda at all. First time since uh, 2001, the president has not talked about al-Qaeda in his State of the Union address. But see, here's the problem for Obama. He told us two years ago when he was running for re-election that al-Qaeda was defeated. In fact, he personally took credit for defeating al-Qaeda. And then a year ago, he said that ISIS was a junior varsity outfit, and there was never, never be a threat to the United States. So now, last night, he talked very little about terrorism. And of course, never use the phrase Islamic terrorism or Islamic extremists. He talked in general terms about the extremists around the, around the world and how we're going to defeat extremists. And then Valerie Jarrett's interviewed this morning, and she says that they are not going to allow... The president is not going to use Islamic extremists because of the fact that there are other extremists in the world that may or may not have any religious ties or may or may not have, have uh, any group ties, but they're the ones that need to be fought with, and so they don't want to stigmatize Islam because they claim it's a religion of peace. Remember, it's a religion of peace. They don't want to criticize Islam or hurt anybody's feelings by referring to what it really is, and that is Islamic terrorism, Islamic jihad. He won't use the term jihadist either. But he says climate change, that's the big problem. And he then goes after people who don't believe in it, and right now, as I understand it, the majority of the scientists in the world do not believe that climate change is really happening, or at least as this man, not... They don't believe it's man-made, let's put it that. Uh, they think it's the climate change that does happen in this country, around the world, happens routinely, 
over periods of time uh, because of Mother Nature. And that what is they're claiming is happening is not man-made. And by the way, we've gone from 20 years ago when they were saying we were going, the world was going to turn into a, another ice age and freeze to death because of global cooling. And then we went to global warming, you know, totally different scenario because global cooling obviously was not happening. We're going to go to global warming. Uh, let's take our second break now. We'll talk more in a minute. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government as well as those involved in legal cases have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, like I said, said the speech last night was delusional. And I think the biggest delusion was the idea that we don't have to worry about terrorism. Now, look what's happened in Canada recently. Look what's happened in Australia. Look what's happened in France. Look at all the arrests that are being made in Belgium and Germany and in France right now. Uh, look at what happened just today in Israel, a terrorist attack in Israel, on a bunch of innocent civilians riding a bus. Lone wolf attack, yes, but it was done by a Palestinian, and it was so it was done by a Muslim, done by somebody who belongs to or subscribes to Islamic jihadists, and the president ignores this. He doesn't want the American people to be concerned about this. Yet recent polls show that 75% of the people in this country believe that terrorism is the greatest thing they have to be concerned about, the terrorist threat. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get hit. We've already been hit, but Obama doesn't want to admit it. I mean, you know, they, they still classify what Major Vidal Hassan did in Fort Hood, Texas, the murder of 13 American servicemen and women and the wounding of 32 others, 
Obama continues to refer to that as workplace violence. We have a woman beheaded at her workplace by a recent convert to Islam. She's beheaded. Another woman is stabbed. And the only thing that kept her alive and kept other people being killed was the owner of the business uh, had a firearm and shot and killed us. Yeah, shot him anyway. And they refused to recall that an act of terrorism, even though that was clearly following the pattern of ISIS. Instead, it's called workplace violence. So we're having terrorist attacks in this country. And I'm afraid because of our wide-open southern border, we're going to have many more attacks coming at us. And some of them are going to be lone wolf, so-called attacks. Uh, some of them are going to be done by people already in this country or people that are coming back from having been trained in Syria and been trained to fight with ISIS. But I think we're also we've got people coming. I know we got people coming across the border. I know we have ISIS cells in this country. I know we have al-Qaeda cells in this country. And the president refusing to acknowledge the resurgence of al-Qaeda is totally out of touch with reality. I mean, the two terrorists who shot up Charlie Hebo, the, the magazine, kill people there, shot up a, a grocery store, the culture grocery store, kill people there, those people were jihadists. There was no question about it. The two brothers admitted and they boasted about the fact that they had been they were being trained and their battle was being orchestrated by Al Qaeda in Yemen, which is an offshoot of the original Al Qaeda, which has become very, very strong. And by the way, there's a lot of confusion right now about what's happening in Yemen. Uh, it appears that uh, the government is under siege. And, of course, Obama has been saying that Yemen was our our great victory over terrorism. Now, the Yemen government was stable and not under threat, even though al-Qaeda in Yemen is there. And the, you know, the Yemenese government was stable and was a big ally of ours. And now... Apparently, the presidential palace has been surrounded, and supposedly they're by rebels, some of which are sure jihadists, and supposedly they're trying to become, you know, being played, downplayed by the administration. Supposedly they're going to make an agreement where the jihadists will be happy and be able to be a part of the government and that the president is, is safe and can do what he wants and will continue to be president. We shall wait and see. But again, we're being lied to. That, by the way, is being totally ignored by the mainstream media. As far as I know, Fox News is the only place out there talking about it. So we have a real threat from al-Qaeda, again. They're operating in Europe. A lot of people are being arrested for connections with terrorism, terrorist cells. We have those cells in this country. No question about it. And with our wide-open southern border, with our Border Patrol agents being told not to arrest and detain most of the people crossing the border, unless they know them to be terrorists, and how are they going to know that when we have the time they don't even know what country they're coming from? Our border is wide open. Now, the new governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, is going to try to close that, that border and to do what the federal government is supposed to be doing, 
but they're going to do what they can to protect the state of Texas. But we have areas, for example, in Arizona, where federal lands butt up against the, the border in southern Arizona in several places. And Obama has basically put those areas of land off limits, not only to federal authorities, such as Border Patrol and DEA, but also to local authorities. So we have documented, documented evidence that virtually on a weekly basis, convoys of pickup trucks come across that property. Because there's no way there to stop them. And these convoys carry illegals. They carry drugs. They could be carrying guns. They could be carrying other type of weapons. They could be carrying components for making bombs. They come across the border, and they basically travel unimpeded till they hit an interstate highway. And there were signs up on the interstate highway. I don't know if they're, they're still there or not. Warning people not to stop along the highway because it's a area for, of known drug traffickers. Well, it's known drug traffickers because they were allowed to do that. You don't think the terrorists, that members of, of ISIS are coming across the border? We know they are. In fact, I talked to, I was making a speech recently in uh, uh, Tyler, Texas, and I talked to one of the uh, people involved with the Texas militia, uh, that the group that goes down the border and helps out local law enforcement. Uh, they're not carrying weapons, they go, but they go down there and they use their eyes and ears to help spot people crossing the border illegally, and they turn those people in. And this guy was telling me that two years ago, the Border Patrol and the Texas authorities were identifying that 60% of the people that were coming across the border illegally were not, were OTMs, as they call them, other than Mexicans. And that a lot of these people were coming from places like Somalia and from Yemen and from uh, Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, uh, places where we know they're hotbeds of terrorist activity or, in some cases, the countries actually support terrorists. And this was happening two years ago. And that was before the latest influx of illegals coming across. So we know it's going to get worse. We know it's going to continue to get worse. And we know the President of the United States is not going to let our Border Patrol do anything about it. So we're wide open to terrorism. I'm very much afraid of what may be happening in this country in the near future that we're going to see more terrorist activity. And what's our president going to do to respond to it? Obviously, he pays lip service, says, make speeches. We're going to defeat al-Qaeda. We're going to defeat terrorism. We're going to defeat ISIS. What are we doing about ISIS? I have a military background. I am a student of military history. I've written a best-selling book about my father's unit in World War II called The Mortarman which, by the way, is available now on Kindle and also as an e-book in other places or as a paperback. But I've been studying military history for years. And I can tell you that when you're fighting against a group like ISIS, you have to, law, you know, you, first of all, you got to put boots on the ground eventually. And Obama said, no, we're not going to do that. And then he puts 3,200 boots on the ground anyway. Again, you know, a man just can't seem to tell the truth about anything. But... We are supposedly stopping ISIS's advance, and by the way, they continue to advance. 
we're stopping them advancing by using air support to go after them. Air support that is supposed to be supporting uh, the Iraqi soldiers and this sort of thing. And, uh, you know, Iraqi soldiers and supposedly moderate Syrians, who we don't know who the moderate Syrians are. We don't know who we're giving our weapons to in Syria. We don't know who we're actually training in Syria. But supposedly these sorties, air sorties, are doing the job. We're doing about 24 of them a day. Experts, military experts, say that we ought to be doing 240 of them a day. Ten times what we're doing, at least. That's the only way to be effective. And then, and I mentioned this on the show before, Obama is personally supervising the picking of targets for attacks. He's controlling it. Even Here's a man that has no military experience, that in fact hates the military, and yet he is the guy that's picking the targets for our military to go after. But what I've been told is that a lot of these targets, first of all, a lot of the raids take place at night, and they go after empty buildings. They go after parked, empty pickup trucks. Obama didn't want to hurt anybody, particularly apparently the hottest, not the ISIS members. And you know what else is being underreported in this country is what ISIS is. They are, for example, looking for educated women and beheading them. We know of at least five female lawyers in Iraq or Syria that have been beheaded because they were educated. Thirteen teenage boys, some of them preteen, were beheaded in Mosul in northern Iraq. And I know quite a bit about Mosul because my oldest son was stationed there for one of his tours. But 13 young boys were beheaded by ISIS. Why? Because they would watch the soccer game. Since when did soccer become a crime? Well, I guess under radical Islam, Sharia law, anything is a crime that they want to be a crime. As a result of the printing of the, the new copy of the French magazine in a picture, a cartoon of Muhammad on the, the front of the magazine, churches are being burned down in the Middle East. Christian churches. Not mosques, but Christian churches. Well, this has already been going on in Iraq for months. Christians are beheaded. Christian children are beheaded simply because their families are Christian. Obama doesn't talk about that. The liberal media in this country says very little about that. The whole idea is to black us out and keep us from knowing what's really happening around the world and to keep us complacent and keep us thinking that, well, if things are happening around the world, other parts of the world, it doesn't affect us because it's not going to happen here. The French thought the same thing. They hadn't been a terrorist attack in France in over 20 years. All of a sudden, there are two of them in a matter of a couple of days. The English, Great Britain, they have raised their terror threat level to the second highest level because they think one the terror attack is inevitable. We haven't raised our level here in this country, except in places like Fort Bliss, which is in Texas. 
and I'll explain more about that after our final break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Before the break, I mentioned Fort Bliss, which is in, right outside of El Paso, Texas. Fort Bliss is the second largest military installation in the continental United States, and they have been on high levels of alert for months now because... It's been shown that ISIS is operating in Juarez, Mexico, which is right across the border from El Paso. ISIS is operating there. They're working with the drug cartels who will basically do anything for money, including using their tunnels and their other means to smuggle terrorists into this country. So they know that ISIS cells are there. They know that ISIS is, for example, put up on websites of, instructions to ISIS members and to people who were sympathetic to ISIS, particularly in this country, to go out on lone wolf attacks and to look up the names and addresses of military personnel and find out where they and their families are located, and these people are being instructed to go and kill not only the member of the military, but the families in addition, or just kill the families because the member of the military is deployed elsewhere. Members of our military are being told not to wear their uniforms in public if they are not on active duty, if they're not on duty, period, because of the threats against them. Now, how scary is that, ladies and gentlemen? Members of our military, not only around the world, but in this country, in our own country, are told they cannot proudly wear the uniform because it puts them in danger. That's the type of thing that our federal government is not really talking about and not doing apparently anything about it. I mean, yes, we have our intelligence agencies, uh, limited as they are by Obama, are trying to keep track 
a potential terrorist in this country, but they're not allowed to profile. And to me, that is probably the stupidest thing we're doing right now and probably the most dangerous thing we're doing, and that is we're not supposed to be looking at men of Middle Eastern descent, or women for that matter, as potential terrorist suspects in this country. We're not supposed to be monitoring what goes on as a mosque, but even those that we know have imams that are in favor of terrorism, that are in favor of jihad. We know that some of the, the for example, the Boston bombers were basically trained through one of these mosques and were incited to commit violence against this country through the, the mosque, yet they're being told by the courts, our intelligence agencies, our police agencies, you can't do anything to monitor potential terrorist actions there. That violates their right to freedom of speech. Well, there's freedom of speech, and then there's people out there who would try to kill American citizens, who would try to destroy our institutions. And when they start planning something that way, then they need to be monitored. Freedom of speech does not carry it that far. So we have to continue to try to get our own government to fight and protect us. Department of Homeland Security is a joke. And Department of Homeland Security list of the top of the list of potential domestic terrorists in this country are not Muslim men or women. Not Islamic jihadists that may be converted here in this country or may become radicalized in this country. According to the Department of Homeland Security, the top potential domestic terrorists in this country are veterans, our own military veterans, particularly those that fought in Iraq and Afghanistan. They are believers in the Second Amendment. They are supporters of the right to life. A few years ago, if they had a Ron Paul bumper sticker on their, their car, they were potential domestic terrorists. I've seen also on that list people who believe in freedom, constitutional rights, freedom of belief, and too strongly, supposedly, in freedom of speech. What's, how's that, that work? So it's all being ignored except by the American people. And in Garland, Texas the other day, and I'm not very far from Garland, but I wasn't, unfortunately, I didn't have the time to get over there for this, but the Garland School District, which is right outside of Dallas, in order to be politically correct, allowed one of its major facilities to be used by radical jihadists, people who have been listed as supporters of Hamas and Hezbollah, organizations that have been shown to be raising money or at least assisting other groups in raising money for groups like Al-Qaeda, Hamas, and Hezbollah, allowed them to hold a meeting, in effect a rally, of Muslims to protest the mistreatment of Muslims in this country. And by mistreatment, I'm talking about monitoring potential terrorists. I'm talking about attempts to fight terrorism. And also, they to push the 
imposition of Sharia law on this country to shut down people who talk about radical Islam, people who talk about the threat of Islamic terrorism, to keep us from talking about it, to keep people from going on college campuses and speaking about it. And by the way, there there are people out there who have been denied access to college campuses entirely because they are not politically correct when it comes to radical jihadists and radical Islam. It's to shut down newspapers. It's to shut down the Internet, freedom of speech. All of this was being pushed by these people, and Americans responded. Now, according to the news media, there were about 200 people out there uh, protesting the fact that, number one, our taxpayer dollars were subsidizing this this program because it was being held at a school, uh, and you know they were uh, basically allowing this to happen with us subsidizing it. And uh, it wasn't hundreds. It wasn't 200 people. I saw the pictures. I saw the videos. There were at least a thousand, and probably closer to two thousand Americans out there that were protesting this. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we're going to have to do. Because we're going to have to continue to fight on our own. Because we cannot allow the Obama rely on the Obama administration or the, any other part of the federal government to effectively defend us. Now there is legislation that's been introduced here in the state of Texas, for example, to say that in Texas courts, only Texas law or applicable federal law will apply. That foreign law from other countries cannot be used to decide cases, criminal or civil, in Texas courts. And that includes Sharia law. It doesn't mention Sharia law specifically. Because the people of Oklahoma passed a constitutional amendment to their own constitution saying Sharia law could not be used in their courts, and it was passed by 70% of the population several years ago, and the, the federal court has ruled that that is unconstitutional, that that violates the rights of radical Muslims who practice Sharia law. And that suit, by the way, is being supported by Eric Holder of the Obama administration. So again, we can't rely on the President of the United States or his minions to support us. So I'm going to be pushing very to see that this process. And we'll see how that goes. But we need to pay it. One has been, been introduced in Congress for many, many months now. For years, it's been pending. And most of the, the like all 84 of the co-sponsors on it at one point were women. You met the Congress. We need to contact our congressman, and I'm going to be doing that, and find out where that stands. In the meantime, you can keep up with what we're doing at the United States Justice Foundation and what I'm doing uh, by going to usjf.net. Uh, we're in the process of upgrading our website and putting some new features on there. Uh, you can email me through that website. And you can get in touch with us and uh, you find out what we're doing and support us. You can find out how to donate to us through the website because we're representing veterans. We're representing people around the country that are having their constitutional rights taken away, and we're doing that for free, which means we don't charge them anything, particularly not veterans and their families, 
but we need outside support to do it. And you can go and donate uh, through the website or find out how to send us a check in the mail. And you can go to my, there's a link to my blog on there. If you go about Michael Connolly, Executive Director, you can find a link to my blog. My most recent article is entitled VA Response to Veterans Drop Dead, and that relates to them refusing to respond to our Freedom of Information Act request and also three other federal agencies have made the same refusal. That's an important article. The article just previous to that I posted was they're coming to take our guns, and that's about what's happening to the veterans and to all of us as far as the loss of our Second Amendment rights. So you can find the website at www.michaelconnolly.jigzy.com, or you can go to usjf.net website, and you can find out about the books I've written and the book on the Constitution. Anyway, that's all the time we've got today, and so I look forward to talking to you again next week. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.